0: Hey d, Hey, Mickey. Hey, <laughs> everybodys Hey, everybody. We are getting so close to like the end of our season here. And Mickey and I were just talking about saying our farewells and my feelings that all hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, if if any of you were there for the end of season one, you might recall d really <laughs> disliking the idea of endings. <laughs> and I had to be like, no, no, this is an ending. Right, yeah. we're just hitting the pause button. Yes, we're I saying until consoling. next time, essentially. <laughs> I, need, I need consoling,
0: right? <laughs> so, anyway, this new episode I like it's so exciting because again, I keep getting us access to these fantastic people, and this person happens to be my family and um, my niece Hannah, and we were. Talking about social media and things, I mean, on, you know, on with our theme, this is the last few episodes have been centered around this. And I was wanting to get some younger voices in so that they could tell us, you know, what's really happening. And it's like speculation for us as as a generation who didn't always have access to the Internet or whatever. And I was just saying to Nikki how the vehicle looks different, but we've all had this conditioning towards you know, this external reward system with, um, you know, how you should look, how you should dress, where you're, you know, where you're going, what you're doing, uh, the best dress, et cetera. It's just, it's looking different, but it's the same conditioning. And it's so hard for us to, to as parents, because we also have to unlearn this. And, and so, you know, Hannah went deep on, on these parents.
1: And so I was like, Hannah went deep on a number of things. Yeah. This is, um, you know, I got to be honest. I don't have a whole lot of 18-year-olds in my life Mm -hmm. these days. I've got some 30-year-old nieces and nephews. I don't know how the fuck that happened. I'm going to be 46 (laughs) in like two weeks and a couple of days. And I I have no idea what to do with any of that information. But um, this conversation for me was surprisingly encouraging because we talked about a lot of the shittier aspects of being an 18 year old right now and growing up with social media and growing up with the internet and the perils of having that much unregulated information available at a super young age when nobody's necessarily paying attention to what you're doing and reading and and watching. But I really felt like when it came down to it, we're all still just kind of living our life. And it's like you said, the vehicles have changed, but we're still struggling with the same things. Girls are still seeking male validation and getting groomed because of it. To cite one of the examples that she gave, that's always been a thing. It just, it's a, it looks different now. It's weird that, like, I have such a big smile on my face while I'm talking about (laughs) it right now, but I think that I'm always just seeking those dots to connect between us, between gender, between, you know, race and ethnic background, between age gaps. We still all struggle with the same shit. Over and over and over. It's almost like we never learn. It's like we never learn, (laughs) Dee. Gosh. I know
0: I never learned, so... Or we learn at the super slow pace of, like, you you know, the masses learn at a super slow pace. So maybe there's the, you know, individuals who are coming into it and who are like, hey, you know what? This is, you know, because there's a bunch of us out here doing that work. And there's also, like, we are having to convince other people, like, are you, like, are you not seeing this? And is 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 this fit right with your spirit? Or... Am I crazy? (laughs) So, like you were talking about, like the system is designed this way, so it's it's hard to pinpoint. I think who's actually at fault, and I think steering it more towards what can we do and how can this be different and how what role do I play in making it different?
1: Yeah, well, and it is it's hard to buck a system that's rigged against you, but Mm -hmm. man, is it nice to hear a smart. Well spoken 18 year old, just lay it out for all of us. Cheers to sure. her. Cheers to her, everybody. This is Hannah. This podcast addresses deaf, difficult emotional content and contains profanity. Mm-hmm. Listen with your what? own motherfucking discretion. <laughs> <coughs> Get your kids. <laughs>
0: This is grief after dark.
1: Hannah, I oh. met you when you were in a high chair. You did? <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't, I don't remember that. That's okay. <laughs> I barely remember it. <laughs> I, I wish I did.
2: I wish I could remember my high chair days. Oh man, day, I don't. Yeah. So.
0: But welcome to grief after dark. Um. <laughs> yes,
2: welcome. <laughs> Well, I'm very glad to be here. Oh, my gosh.
0: We're glad to have you. For everybody that doesn't know, this is my niece, Hannah. And getting to watch this wonderful human being grow up has been a wild ride.
1: <laughs> Legal age. When did you turn 18?
2: December 30th, last year. So I was almost born on New Year's. Hmm. But I wasn't. Thank God. That's what I say every time <laughs> and no one understands. Oh, I'm with you. No one ever understands why I'm so happy I wasn't born on New Year's 2004. Yeah. yeah. Thank God I'm not a 2004 baby. Yeah. I said I'm a 2003, I'm on the cusp, so. Awesome. Yeah. And it's way cooler. Agreed. <laughs> exactly. Did you
1: get gypped um, get birthdays it. because of Christmas?
2: when i was younger no and now kind of not really
1: that's good mind, though my presents are kind of just split yeah yeah my so, sister's birthday is december 14th and she's always gotten gypped really mm-hmm. that's december 14th though i know it's close enough to christmas <laughs> that like they just kept clumping it together wow that's the whole 10 days though i know <sighs> mean that's terrible
0: Terrible, man! I can't even tell you how special it is that you you would come on my show because our show, excuse me, just because like you know we've we've been doing some really cool stuff this season, and oh. like, this just makes it even cooler. And I think that you know young folks need to hear from young folks. It's it's one thing when I'm talking and I'm somebody's auntie and then had a whole life two lives and all kinds of stuff going on in my life. But how do we effectively kind of, you know, support you all and what you have to
2: learn right now? That's a good (laughs) question. I guess just like listen to us. Yeah. Give us support, but also like kind of just let us do our own thing. Cause a lot of us just have to like learn through experience. A lot of us are hard headed and stupid. But we
1: will learn eventually. <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah.
2: Like mm-hmm. the rest
1: of us. I was trying to think earlier of like, okay, what can I ask someone to like represent this age group that's going to help me understand? And I'm like, dude, the questions are so freaking broad. Because what am I going to do? Sit down and be like, Hannah, what does the world look like to an 18 year old right now? <laughs> it, looks, it looks nuts. Like it did to the rest of us when we were 18. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I keep saying like over and over, I hear the world is a crazy place and it is. It is. And it's extra crazy right now, potentially. Mm-hmm. The world has always been crazy. Yeah. It's always been a madhouse. This is a freaking circus we're all moving through. Yeah, so yes. So, in listening to you all, what are your
0: thoughts about how? you move through your grief or what you've been taught about grief. If you have been taught anything about grief.
2: I wasn't taught no. a damn fucking thing about grief until my friend died. Wow. And it's been really hard Wow! <laughs> just thrown into it. I did not expect it to happen at all. And now I've just yeah. got to learn how to properly grieve. And, how long ago did that happen? Uh, December, right before my birthday okay mm-hmm. So, like december 14th he was yeah. 22 mm. and it's been pretty hard it comes in waves i literally had no idea what to do i was just smoking like half a pack a day uh yeah. to cope but i made it a point to myself to take care of myself in other ways to live for him since he's gone now Oh and God. I'm still carrying on. I'm not, like, like I, I'm pretty proud of myself. I never went too off the rails. It's been hard, though. It's been pretty hard.
0: Well, of course it's been hard. I mean, those things are never not hard.
2: Yeah.
0: It's never not hard. Where do you get your support? Where do you look for support, even? Or oh, what well. kind of services do they have out there in L.A.? Tell us. We need to know. Because that, I think, will inform a lot of people on how they can better be in community with young people knowing that these terrible things happen and also hearing it from your mouth who you just said you ain't learned a damn fucking thing about grief. Not one damn fucking thing. And
2: that's wild to me. It was just like, I guess my friends, because we had a lot of mutual friends and that was one of the biggest things for me and it still is. Just really... Talking about him a lot, we used to talk about him a lot. And when he first died, we were always together. Me and my friends who were also friends with him, we were always together. Uh, And I feel like that really helped because I feel like if we all kind of isolated ourselves, it would have been a lot worse and would have been a lot harder to handle. I'm not in any therapy right now. I was kind of just raw dogging my grief. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse my language. Yep. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> so it was just of hard, but I've also been looking at myself for support. Yeah. You know, also because, you know, like I am a devotee and I really started devoting myself to her after she died, after he died, because it was kind of just like it, it and it's just a different kind of support. Like it's spiritual support.
1: <sighs> mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. And myself and family.
1: Mm -hmm. So you were saying you found other ways to kind of take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. What are some examples of that?
2: It's kind of just getting the basics, you know, like I was letting myself call out of work a bit. Like I was taking time off work. I was doing things that were really hard at the time because all I wanted to do was sleep and like listen to music, but I forced myself to get up. I forced myself to brush my teeth in the morning. I forced myself to still see people. I forced myself to at least go on a some kind of walk. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? But I also, mm-hmm. on the days when I really couldn't do anything, I did the bare minimum, took care of myself, and then just let myself rest. Because that's what you need after stuff like that. People yep. are like, you want to stay productive but sometimes that can just make it worse because then you're just, just, you find yourself distracting yourself with so-called productiveness and you're not really taking the time to process what happened.
1: Yeah, Dee and I have talked a lot about deep grief. Some days you're just like, you know what? I put pants on. This is as good as it's going to get today. Yep, pat, yeah. pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. I
0: think folks tend to romanticize grief a little bit. In in some cases, or oversimplify it in Mm -hmm. ways of like, oh, you're going to, you know, it's going to be fine in a couple months or a year, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think like the relationships that we have with people don't, they they transcend time. So you can't just decide that our linear year is enough time to do anything regarding a beloved relationship that you've had that you lost or that has transitioned into something else because those relationships don't just die either you know it it becomes it has to become something else
2: yeah and i just went to his funeral on april 22nd it was at Mm -hmm. hollywood forever and he was cremated so we they buried his ashes in a rose garden but um when he died, he just had so many people that loved him that when he died, we were giving... People didn't know this, but we were literally just giving offerings to him. Like People were putting cigarettes. People were putting marijuana. People were putting tap cards. Someone put a prayer card. And he was a little stinky when he was alive, so we put some deodorant. We put some stickers. We gave him all this stuff. We gave him alcohol, and it was just... Mm-hmm it was really nice to see all that and then he was just the most punk motherfucker i've ever known so to honor that me and my uh other friends who were also friends with him after the funeral we went to a punk show and it was one of the best decisions i think one of the best mm-hmm. things to do afterwards oh yeah
0: That's, that sounds like a beautiful celebration of someone yeah solid In tribute a that yeah also
2: enjoy I felt like he was there the whole time and I'm sure he was
0: mm-hmm. wow you just said so much in such a <laughs> in <so laughs> little time <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly like enamored at the fact that you're so smart about this going about your grief the way you're going about it don't let anybody tell you that you should be doing anything different because I feel like you are highly intuitive just knowing yourself so that's an amazing thing to see and witness. So know that.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting too that there is that balance in grief of there is isolation in it. Mm -hmm. There is, but there's community in it too. Mm -hmm. And so finding that balance of seeking out your community for celebration you know and support and sharing love and then also taking time for yourself to process and 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 fucking rest yeah because
2: people don't really understand like people just think that to get over like get over mental health issues like you have to constantly be doing something you have to constantly be distracting yourself but in order to heal because it's a real illness you need to rest like you need rest and you do need activity you do need to do things, but it's also okay to acknowledge, okay, I've been really busy and today I think I'm going to take some time for myself and I'm going to rest because fuck it, like people need that. Like, And I feel like our society, like our very capitalistic view on grief and mental illness and how we go about healing ourselves is so damaging in the long run. Because it just brings you more issues when you can't really be as productive as you want to be, or when you're being productive in your own way, people don't see it or you beat yourself up because you're not like, you're like, oh, what am I doing with my life? When really you're just going at your own pace or doing what you think is productive.
1: Yeah. The life expectations. Yeah. And obviously there's a ton of expectation and grief too from yeah, other people.
2: So quickly. It's either you have to heal so quickly or you're just a mess. Yep. And people, it's kind of hard for people to feel empathy for you when you're not one or the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, when you're in the middle, like, people Mm -hmm. just think, oh, she's fine. She's Mm -hmm. fine. But really, no. Not at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Really. Like, I'm going through it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I, I have found too that you can be as so honest about your grief and people still won't. Mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Cause it, it, it doesn't trump what they have in their minds, their concepts of grief, their experience mm-hmm. with grief. And a lot of people have had traumatic losses in, mm-hmm. in their lives so young, but I, yeah. I think that that's kind of, you know, changing nowadays because of all the shit that's going on in the world. You all have access to information in ways that we didn't have access to. So, you know, right away, like y'all can see everything just right away. And yeah, that that has to affect you in in some ways. Do you ever take time away from social media? Well, I know you do because I don't see you on. The, I don't see you on the <laughs> social media. But um, if you're on any other platforms or whatever, do you ever take time away from those? Do, are those affecting you in an adverse way? Or is that just the thing people be saying? It's right in your brain.
2: (laughs) I should. And I know I should. But it's really hard because growing up with it, you adopt it as one of the many things that you distract yourself with. And it becomes such an integral part of your everyday life. Like some people, you wake up, you go on your phone. And it's really bad. And I'm actually trying to work on getting myself off of it less because I have noticed it's shortened my attention span. It It's given me more of a way to talk about things. And it's given me a bigger, like, it's given me more access to more information. But I don't want all that information flooding my brain all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone does, really. We don't need all that information flooding our brain all the time at all we don't need to see all this like it's because it's a constant dopamine like mm-hmm. constant dopamine and that's not good for you when you get so used to it you mess up the reward systems in your brain and it just people don't realize that that's a huge factor in teenage mental illness like not saying it's not our fault at all it really is right. because we grew up with this we grew up seeing this and some of us had such a young exposure To the internet, that I really messed this up. And people are only just now starting to talk about how traumatic getting on the internet at a young age can be. I've seen things that I should have never seen as I was from the ages of like, I want to say eight to 14. I was looking at things that I should not have been looking at. I was seeing things that I should not have been seeing. And no one was monitoring my internet use. No one was looking at what I was looking at because it wasn't really a thing to look at what your children were looking at. You just assumed they were safe. You just assumed they weren't looking at anything bad, but then they come out and they talk about things with you. And you're like, where the fuck did you learn this? What happened? Like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, what is going on? And then parents get so frustrated because they're like, "It's always it's it's because of that damn phone." Yeah, maybe it is because of that damn phone. But who gave me this damn phone and who didn't watch me with this damn phone?
0: <laughs> your your cousins they hear you in in your big body talk about it like they don't get access to a lot of things and like I be hovering. That's good. Like, what, what you looking at? I will
2: shut the phone off from this other room. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. <laughs> I wish I had that. Uh, I wish I
1: had that. You know. I'm over here cracking up because I'm thinking like, when I was a kid, we could just ride our bikes around the neighborhood and it was totally no big deal. And then kids were like getting snatched off the street. I mean, for a long, like a decade. And then finally parents were like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't just trust the world and let our kids wander down the street. And then fast forward, not that many years. And re- we create this online platform mm-hmm. where it's the equivalent of kids getting snatched yeah. up, and thrown in a van.
2: Yeah. psychologically.
1: Yeah. No, seriously.
2: Like I know kids, I know, I know too many people that have adopted harmful coping mechanisms from the internet. I've learned, I know about too many kids that have adopted harmful mindsets, harmful views. There is a whole community of 14, I mean, like 12 to like 16 year old young women striving so hard for male validation on the internet in these certain internet groups that they adopt far right viewpoints. And they don't understand that it's not them. I mean, it's it's because they were never no one monitored them, no one looked at them and they were getting groomed on the internet and we're just now talking about this, and the damage has already been done. A lot of us, a lot of teenagers of the next generation of adults of young adults are going to be very interesting and adults don't understand that and they're not I don't think they're truly ready. I don't think they can truly grasp the effects that the internet has had on us as Mm -hmm. young people. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard.
1: I mean, would you say that it's like sort of in general stimulation overload or like, is it just too much too fast? Is it too big a world? Is there just too much information or information?
2: It's too much too fast.
1: And it's,
2: heavily unregulated there's an iceberg of the internet and half mm-hmm. of the stuff that people think you would see on the dark web the deep web is available on the surface internet mm-hmm. you can go look up sorry this is going to get a little graphic but you can go look up pictures of dead people graphic images oh yeah of dead people graphic videos of dead people and there are millions of teenagers and kids that watch those videos and have learned to watch those videos as a source of entertainment. Yeah, and it's not our fault. We at a certain point we have to learn and unlearn things, but it's because we grew up with unregulated internet use and that's going to be a huge thing that adults are going to be seeing the effects of.
0: I think we already are seeing the effects yeah. of it. Honestly, You know, I was just having a conversation in a parent group about how, you know, this is one thing I won't be moved on in my house. I didn't have my own cell phone until I was 21 years old, Mm -hmm. let alone my own computer. So, like, even after that, like, if I didn't have an apartment to pay for, like, if I couldn't pay my car, note, I didn't have a computer. I had to go to the library to get some some access to, you know, I had to send smoke signals. I got to go to my friend's house. (laughs) Girl, are you home? <laughs> you know? And so this is how I treat my kids. It's like, listen, I this is a privilege here. These are shared devices. And when I take it away, I take it away. Because at the end of the day, there's no amount of conscious parenting that I can do that's gonna unconscious them out of acting a fool on the internet. Because I know damn well, had I had the internet, I would have been buck fucking wild. You hear me? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: In in this capacity that you all have it, like it was like 900 number. We got to wait for that beep, beep, beep. And sometimes <laughs> don't go through. And then, you know, that bullshit. We didn't want to hear all that. So it wasn't even worth
1: it at that time. But now we just push a button on our phone. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, well, and
1: now instead of plopping a kid in front of the TV, hand them their phone, right? Yep. Right. Or get in their own. It's just a way of of checking out. It's like the instant electronic babysitter.
0: Yeah. Right. And and for us, Nintendo wasn't connected to the internet. So we could play video games all day long and not talk to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But right now, shoot, they're up here on PlayStation Plus. They're like, oh, I got friends. No, you don't. Yeah. No,
2: you don't. You don't have no friends. That too. And these kids are saying some <laughs> messed up things to their little friends on Xbox and PlayStation. The Listen. things I've heard from little gamer kids at twelve they, years old. I'm like, where the fuck the did background. you get that? They be hearing me
0: in the background. <laughs> Let me catch you. Where your mama? <laughs> where your mama? Where y'all live? Yo, oh my <laughs> so god! I can, so I can talk to your mama. <laughs> Like, yeah. my son, oh. he, he like,
1: okay, I gotta go. Let's yeah. get on my head in. I went to a Christian school in mm. elementary school. And so lots of regulation, not super strict, but like I still remember it was probably fifth grade when kids started swearing, like creatively, you know, like not just testing the waters of saying the F-word, but like really starting to string some creative okay. shit together. But we, we didn't, you know, you don't have the, the anonymity mm-hmm. that you do. You get online and like nobody, you can't find me. I can just like lurk in the shadows and talk whatever shit and troll whoever. I just yeah. listened to a horrifying podcast series about internet stalkers. Yep. It's so hard to track somebody down. I mean, with all of the government resources we have, which... Well, that's a, that's a whole other
2: conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, want to know what's funny is that you guys think it's so hard to track someone down, but there are teenagers on the internet that know how to dox people, know how to get your whole address, know how to get where you go to school from your IP address.
1: Yeah, no, I'm saying it's, it's hard to track down the people who really know what they're doing, who are oh, yeah. putting oh, serious yeah. wrecking balls into people's lives.
2: Yeah, yeah you're right about that. Yeah.
1: There, there's just geniuses out there that are Mm -hmm. reaping serious havoc and uh, yeah, we're, you're right, Hannah, we are playing serious catch up. (laughs) (laughs) We're playing major catch up now with like what, with the damage that the unregulated internet has brought humanity, It's brought some great things too. I mean, look, we're all, we say this all the time on the podcast, we're all sitting in three different States having, yeah a nice conversation so cheers to that but in a
0: lot of ways I feel like it was always going to go this way where we would have this type of connection but of course I watch a lot of sci-fi shows you know (laughs) so I I like on one hand I I don't feel fearful about it on the other hand I'm like fucking terrified at that I'm gonna end up in jail behind one of these kids listen (laughs) Like, that's yeah. just not a thing we're going to do. You, listen, you're going to be grown soon enough. You can uh, unleash you on the world. When you, you're old enough and your brain is firing on all cylinders, I'm happy to let you do whatever what you want to be doing. But <laughs> while you are here under my care and the law says I am responsible for you, <laughs> what we're going to do, you're you going to be using my cell phone while I'm staring you in the face. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you're... Not going to be playing video games without your dad. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, I appreciate Sorry. that you consider that your job description.
0: You know, I mean, Personally. like, I don't feel like I need to be nice about that. Like, this thing. They, they don't have jobs. They're not paying their you deal. These phones yeah. are expensive.
2: Yeah. You ain't
0: yeah. pitching in on no Wi Fi. Folks, we're doing you a favor. Like, I'm not trying to be rude or anything in that authoritarian parent, but that's just a fact.
2: <laughs> That's right. difference between being an authoritarian helicopter parent and wanting to keep your children safe and wanting to yeah. monitor what they do on the internet. And I yeah. wish because there's such a there's not a lot of balance with a lot of millennial parents, I think they're either my children can't have any phones. My children can't look at anything. My children can't look at anything like that. My children can't even have access to the internet. And then on the other hand, there's parents that are like, oh, my children are fine on the internet the internet is one of the safest places for children when it's really can be one of the most dangerous and they yeah, have to keep that balance
0: that's exactly what we talked about like yeah you can use the internet but i'm gonna be sitting here looking at you
2: mm-hmm. i am going
0: to check your browser history i have yeah. the passwords for your emails. you can say no if you want to you just ain't gonna have no computer and you leave here yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: yeah and children do need privacy Mm -hmm. But at a certain age, they should not have privacy on the internet. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, no. They can have privacy in (laughs) other areas of their life, of course, absolutely, absolutely. But on the internet, uh no. We just, we just ain't gonna
0: have no internet. Sorry, no. We just ain't having it.
1: Well, and again, I like. I think there's a balance to be found there. Um, (laughs) but gosh, yeah, some freaking regulations would be great. Yeah, that would be great. I keep thinking about a podcast episode that I listened to recently with Kara Swisher, who's just she she has a partner and they have a great podcast and whatever. But they were talking about social media and Facebook specifically, and she said the system is not broken. It was absolutely made this way. Yeah, absolutely. it yeah. was made. It was made to kill off all those little dopamine kicks. It was made for, um, what was that phrase that Nadja used in our conversation with her D unconscious interaction?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was just that mindless scrolling, getting people used to mindless scrolling,
2: uh, getting, getting their attention spans lowered, especially young kids and teenagers. It gives them, it gives people more leeway to control them. It. Yeah makes them more easily controlled and it makes them more easily like obedient. So we stay under their their and boot. more accessible. Yeah, more yeah. accessible. Cause,
0: Cause again, if somebody wanted to snatch us, they had to come up to us. Yeah. <laughs> in person and talk us into it or just yep. flat out snatch us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these days you you yeah. know there's access all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know this is probably like a repeat of the question earlier, but how can we support you? Is it me
2: or like teenagers? You in particular. Shit. I don't know. <laughs> Never
1: thought about that. I'll get back to you on that. Please do. <laughs> I don't know. I can return to your original answer over and over again. <laughs> Almost for people of any age, because we all want autonomy. Mm -hmm. We all want to be able to make choices for our own life. We all want people to kind of fuck off to a certain extent and we want to be heard and we want to be seen Mm -hmm. for who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's something that we, we start with and die with. Yeah. It's, it's something that we crave at all ages and I think it can really be a struggle for us to feel like we have that connection. Actually, let me ask you this. We and I had a conversation yesterday and the gal that we were speaking to said that she had some real concerns about kids now because while people my age grew up with like going and playing in the streets with friends, kids now are living with this, with like Mm -hmm. what we've got here sitting in front of a screen. Yeah. And my initial response was, I don't know about that because I feel like it's also kind of human nature to seek connection by looking into some actual physical eyeballs Mm -hmm. and and touching the skin of another person. What do you think? Do you think you can find deep connection behind a computer screen?
2: Yeah, I have had a lot of deep, meaningful friendships purely through a screen. Some of my deepest friendships have started through a screen. And even if we don't talk now, did the, these friendships still mean a lot? Actually, my friend Josh, we—he wasn't in a different state or anything. He was in the same state, same city. We met eventually, but we knew we met each other through Instagram because we had mutual friends in the punk scene, and I found out about going to punk shows through the internet with my friends. Mm-hmm. So. The internet has done a lot of great things for me, as much damage as it's done to me and other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of teenagers feel the same because a lot of us grew up to the way that a lot of us handled our mental illness at an early age. We isolated ourselves and really got on the internet. We were really on the internet for a long time. And some of us grew up on the internet and, as much as it's damaged us, we probably wouldn't be here today without that support that came from people through a screen and community okay. that comes through a screen. There's that
0: community word again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and to me, yeah. this just, that just sounds like life. Yeah. That's just life. Mm-hmm. That's actually, for me, it's kind of encouraging. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Our phones have become an integral part of human nature and um the way we interact with the world so it's not really a thing that you can just kind of like leave in the dust right now but it there also needs to be more conversation about how harmful it can be
0: yeah Yeah. and even as a parent i wouldn't want to leave that out of my kids education because this is the world that they have to live in when they are older they should know how to use these things they should know how to use them as tools
1: they should so while I am very strict on it, I don't ban it completely. Yeah. It's a tool. I love that you use that word. You can misuse the shit out of a hammer. Absolutely. I have. There's a, there's a lot of really <laughs> gross stories yeah. about some people who have, who have used hammers for terrible things. It's a damn useful tool <laughs> in the right mm-hmm. hands and like, yeah. you know, with, with mindful purpose and using it for what it's for.
2: Yeah, you can take a nail. You can hammer in a lot more ways than one. Yes. Take nails out of a door. You can put nails nails in a door. You can also put (laughs) nails in somebody's head. Yes.
0: (laughs) Which brings us to our newly named casual fire question segment. (laughs) It's your game. A good game. It used to be uh, rapid fire, not so rapid Mm -hmm. fire rapid fire question segment now it is casual fire question segment (laughs) what is your favorite board game I know I guess Candyland nice I played that a lot with you when you were little yeah uh
1: my favorite board game right now is um a Harry Potter board game I can't remember what it's called it's Hogwarts something Hmm. it's really freaking fun super nerdy not ashamed.
0: <laughs> Toss up for me between the game of life and Clue. Yeah. Clue I think so I've only fun. played
2: those like once. See, I don't have a lot of experience with board games.
1: No, Gosh, it's too bad that. we all live so far away from one another.
0: I know.
2: <laughs> I'd be
1: this putting together good. a board game night right now. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Next question Would you rather speak every language in the world or play every instrument?
1: Play every instrument. Speak every language.
0: Yeah. I. You know, that was a hard question for me. But I think I would go with play every instrument, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you could time travel, but not change anything, would you
1: do it? For the experience, yes. Would you go to the future or the past? Both. I concur. Yes and yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I would. I mean, I guess if
0: I could go anywhere and do anything, but I can't change anything. So, like, I'm not
2: tempted by it. Because I have, I have a lot of opinions on things. So, I feel like <laughs> if I had the ability to go to the era that I have a strong opinion on, mm-hmm. I'd be able to have more of an opinion on it. And mm-hmm. if, like, my, my knowledge would be unmatched if I had <laughs> to time travel back and forth Yep.
1: I would be writing stuff down like crazy. Oh, you would be such a bummer at parties. Nobody would want to say anything around you. You'd be having a casual conversation about the Renaissance era and all of a sudden Hannah would swoop in like, actually. (laughs) Where the fuck did she get this? Why does she know all this shit? What is this?
0: Oh my God. Who are you? <laughs> what a pleasure it has been.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I told Hannah, I think the first time I felt, I think you hit record already when I said I met Hannah when she was in a high chair. yeah I think so, yes. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much Thanks for so taking fun. the time and being vulnerable and honest. Of course. Thanks for being smart and well spoken oh thanks for giving me some hope in my future because i do not have children and i'm going to need the youth of today to take care of me when i'm old and decrepit so i will help
2: take care of all Hi. old people thank you oh. yes <laughs> that's thank so you, nice Diana. you're welcome guys <laughs> you can find oh me my at God. your nearest nursing home
0: that's your house. nearest nursing Oh, we'll all be in a commune right <laughs> now it'll
2: be good yes your nearest oh my
1: god That's right. the well one.
2: thank you for having me guys i've never been on a podcast i hope i did good
1: you did fantastic you did great Thanks. and it was fantastic. our
2: pleasure
0: and you can always come back
2: oh awesome <laughs> i will have
1: fun yeah yeah yay yes.
2: all right well goodbye everyone